You're listening to Pot of the Pops, the podcast for reliving and reloving your pop culture moments. Season two, the, the Sugar, Sugar Babes. Babes, the comings, the goings, and the solo careers. Welcome back to the second half of the Muria Buena episode. I love saying that name. It's Such rolls. a good name, isn't it? Muria Buena. Muria Bueno, the chocolate bar. But it's her favourite. I mean, it means good in, like, Spanish. Oh, like Siobhan. <laughs> Your college is big. <laughs> uh, but she, it's not a Spanish name, though. I don't know. Well, yeah. she well, led me very nicely into her heritage, which is Filipino father, Irish mother. Yeah. As I said before, really important to see in a girl band. Yes. Because other than K-pop, I can't think of another band at that time, anyway. Do you know what I did love about my research about the Sugar Babes? Mm-hmm. Every interview I read with them, they're always tucking into a massive breakfast or they're always pulling up a big <laughs> slice of cake. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's never said in a, a shady way. Like, No. It was always like, I'm surprised to see girl bands eating. Yeah. Which is kind of shocking. Yeah. But I remember seeing one episode, one um, interview, and it was like, oh, Mutu is drinking a full fat Coke. Like, why Black is that coffee with loads of sugar. Like, so what? A like, greasy spoon. This was Mirror 2007. Yeah. Oh, God. I think it's refreshing. And I wanted to take a moment to be like, these were good looking girls. I always remember thinking, oh, these are beautiful girls. Yes. But not afraid to bare skin, but also not having to be that girls allowed body. Maybe the real super tones. Yeah. Skinny, well, skinny. It was that they were probably lucky that they didn't have to overly concentrate on the sex appeal because of the talent of their voices so the focus on their vocals that was the whole branding you don't think they were doing sex appeal when Heidi was wearing the lady slut suit listen they were (laughs) they were but in comparison to girls allowed constant crop tops you know it that wasn't where the focus was they were always wearing a crop top as much as much I'm, I, I thought I agreed with you, and now that you're saying it, I'm, I'm seeing all the outfits <laughs> in my mind, and I'm not sure either. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose in the earlier days, they wouldn't have been because they were younger. Yes. I'm not saying that they were modest. <laughs> I'm just saying is that that wasn't, when, you know, if you can sum them up, that's not what you're thinking. You're thinking yeah, about the Yeah, the first harmonies. thing you don't think is the yeah. sex. Thing, yeah, right? you're thinking about the... Beats and the harmonies, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm not, yeah. I'm all those pussycat dolls, I'm thinking slut drops, you know? Oh, yeah. And they did look banging. And they look banging, of course. Banging. That isn't a negative thing, guys. Their appeal is their bodies. Yeah. Like, and they're dancing. And they're dancing. Yeah, but what their bodies do There are no bodies. sugar shuffles in the pussycat dolls <laughs> repertoire. Shit, there's no shuffles full stop. Uh, so this interview that I read in The Mirror in 2007 with Mitchie where she's drinking a full fat Coke, The Shame... She states she is a size 10 and calls it tragically pops off at. I she's I kind of like that she's obviously taking the piss a little bit there. Like, she's kind of being self-aware. I mean, it's yeah. sad that she maybe, if she feels that genuinely, but I kind of get the sense that she's she's got an a- attitude about it. She's just like, you know, this is who I am. And mm-hmm. and she's aware that she's probably had there been conversations about oh do you want to like slim down definitely but she's just like nah fuck it <laughs> so she signs a record deal straight away she actually stays with the Sugar Babes label she stays with Universal Records I wonder if that was a pre 
leaving sugar babes move. You know, whether they'd maybe discussed that, flirted with the idea. It's weird. There's obviously no bad blood with no, the record no. label. Yeah. Which so, is a surprise. She's mm, left. The single is out. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But of course, we know who she's going to collaborate with. But do you think they were seeing the sort of Amy Winehouse vibes within her? Well, there were rumours of her making it big in America. So right, there yeah. was a lot of interest in her MySpace page. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that takes you back, doesn't it? It really contextualises it. You're like, shit, this was actually a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> MySpace, for a minute there, was the home of new artists. It oh, was Kate Nash, Lily Allen. Exactly. Yes. Tom Hardy. Did you ever oh, see the Tom Hardy MySpace pictures? That's right. So. Oh, look, book it. Oh, they are you. golden. <laughs> was he trying to be a singer? No, no, he was just, um, he was just, just a, Tom Hardy. He was just, just being a thirst trap. <laughs> so it's just him in his boxes, sort of flexing. It's all been there. They are so like really hot. Like he looks great, but like basic. Like it could have been anyone that you know. Yeah. And well, now also, he's Tom like, Hardy. The stuff he says in that he comes off as a bit of a bit of a kind of lad. You oh, know? I never read his comments. It's so funny. I'm not here for his dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we get a first single from Mattia, we get a very high-profile collaboration in our friend Jerry Halliwell's best friend. George Michael. Sir George Michael? Oh, I don't think he was ever a sort. He no. should have been. Not right. after that bathroom incident. There's no way they were well, going to do that. Well, my gay privilege is going to come out and say, should have been. Should have been. This, I feel, is much more of a George Michael song that features Mattia. I didn't recognise her voice as much in this. Oh, as you know. Maybe because I knew when I listened. Yeah, I don't know if I would have said it was her if I didn't know. Yeah. Well, it's written by him and produced by him. It's very random, isn't it? Yeah, that sort of ties in with Muchi's entire approach to her solo career, which is, yeah, all right then. (laughs) Yeah, like, I I don't know if I think that's a bad attitude to have. Because, I mean, also, she obviously impressed him enough that he was like, yes, I want to collaborate. I'm sure. I couldn't find it looking back, but I remember reading at the time that, yeah, he... Loved her voice, loved the music they were making, yeah, and, and was that, like, "Come sing on it. Mm-hmm. If it's not you, it's gonna be Jerry. Let's, <laughs> Come on, let's no, have a hit here." <laughs> because what I've read, she was not exactly devoted to the idea of being a solo singer. She yeah. wanted to be a good mum. Like she left the yeah. Sugar Babes to be a better mother and to deal with her own yeah. emotional stuff. But she was just too talented, and offers came in. Yeah, and you just wouldn't to be a good mum. You need to make money. She wasn't gonna turn yeah. that down. She yeah. loves singing. She loves music. She's great so just go it. along with it, like, yeah. why not? So she does this George Michael collaboration. So this is November 2006. Yeah. So nearly a full year since she's left mm-hmm. and reaches number 15. Oh, it's forgettable. Not, it's nice. Not for his voice, Listening back, but... it's nice. But yeah, it's not... I mean, where would you hear that on the radio? Radio 2? You Radio 2. You hear that on Radio 2. I don't dislike anything she puts out. In fact... Like listening back to it, I love a lot of it. But yes, I agree that it is a, it is quite forgettable. Well, it'll be a full six months before we get the single proper, which is "Real Girl," appearing in May two thousand and seven. So we're eighteen months since she's left the Sugar Babes. Is that quick? It's fast. I mean, it's Spice Girls slow. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she's really taking that time to grow with her daughter. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mom. hope so. And it's more a case of probably the record company were like, oh, "Can we do an album?" Yeah. She's like, "Oh yeah, sure. Wait, it's on my list. Hang on, it's uh, under the laundry somewhere." It would almost be a <laughs> bit. I've got a CD for you. <laughs> it would almost be a bit insulting if she left straight away and then just started producing stuff. You know, because that's not what it, she said. Why she left? Yeah, I'd still think it would slap a bit that now mm. she's doing a solo career when you left the show, babes. 
So, but, I mean, it wasn't just the look at... There was a more complex reasons she left. It wasn't yeah. just that she wanted to look after her daughter. Yeah. The truth of the matter is, she is talented enough. Out of all of them, I would say that I think she's the most equipped for a solo career. Oh. Talent-wise. I'm going to put it out there. I think that. She has got the dis- most distinctive voice, yeah. I'd say. To be fair, though, we've not heard much of Keisha. Oh, wait. I know, I know. <laughs> so Real Girl samples Lenny Kravitz's It Ain't Over Till It's Over. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that at the time, but look at me. Am I a Lenny Kravitz listener? <laughs> no. I'm here for the big hits and nothing else. Yeah. I liked Real Girl. It's It feels like a good opening single because it's about her, sort of introduces her. Yeah. It's in keeping with her sound. It sounds a bit different. I know she sounds great on it. Yeah, I know we're getting into that sort of uh, do up soul vibe of hers. Yes. That's quite popular at the time with Amy Winehouse. Yeah. It lands at number two. That's great. Mm, right? Misses out to Rihanna's Umbrella. Oh, oh I mean, cannot Jesus. compete. I mean, it was celebrating its 4,000th week at number one, so it was hard to take out. Yeah. Oh. That's a song for the ages. So, but the fact that she was number two to that, that's impressive. Man. I think so, number two. Had Umbrella yeah. not been there, she might have been number one. Yeah. 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 It's a real fresh sounding song. You know, it's unique mm. it, I reckon. Compared to a lot of the other stuff we've been listening to, this feels very timeless. This whole album, I would say. Listening, I was like, oh, this could be released now. Like, Let's get onto the album in a sec. Save yeah. your thoughts. Save them. Sorry, sorry. Let the girls have it in a bit. Because in order to increase publicity and to further the profits of the Mucha Buena franchise, management have decided slap it on a soundtrack. That is always the go-to option, isn't it? It appears on a little-known movie called Sex and the City movie. Really? Ever heard of it? No way. Yes, she appears on the Sex and the City movie. I think she's on the soundtrack. I think she might actually be in the film. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Further to that, this song is also nominated for a Brit Award. Best British Single, 2008. Who wants to play... The Brits quiz winner game. Yes, Woo! as ever. I will read you the nominees for a past Brit Award category and you must guess the winner. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Category is Best British Single 2008. Leona Lewis, Bleeding Love. Mika, Grace Kelly. God, I hate that song. Take <laughs> That, Shine. Oof. Mark Ronson featuring Amy Winehouse, Valerie. Oh god, that was everywhere. It's gonna be that. The Hoosiers worried about Ray. I remember that. Is that goodbye? No, is that another different song? I can hear a tiny little snippet of it, and I'm not gonna be able to sing it out. Kaiser Chiefs Ruby. <laughs> Sugar Babes about <laughs> Yao Now. She's up against her former bandmates. Oh. It's a plot twist. That is a plot twist. Ooh. Former MySpace friend, Kate Nash Foundations. We love that album so much. Yes, oh. I looped it. James Blunt, 1973. And Mucha Buena Real Girl. So take that, Leona Lewis, Mika, Mark Ronson, The Hoosiers, Kaiser Chiefs, Sugar Babes, Kate Nash, James Blunt, Mutia. Wow, what a, it, what a I selection. think it's either between Kate Nash and Mark Ronson. Those mm, yeah. were massive. Huge. Yes. Okay, I would say Mark Ronson. I'm going to throw it to the wind and say Kate Nash. It is Take That and Shine. Oh, oh God. Boy bands are just not me. Always got to remember, guys, best British single, I should have said this, 
is voted for by the fans. Oh, of course. Oh, okay, yeah. Because right. yeah. yeah. they came back and were huge. And, yeah. yeah. And then there was all these rumours about Robbie appearing again. Yeah. Yeah, he's not on it by then, is he? Yeah. No. Oh, fun times. What a tease. We say with such tediocrity. And we do not give a shit. <laughs> we're a girl-bound podcast. Yeah. The album would follow a week later on June the 4th of 2007, also titled Real Girl. You know how we feel about yeah. <laughs> single and album. That's a disappointing choice, isn't it? But then she Richard was didn't girl. care. She was, like she said, like we said, her whole approach to this was, yeah, all right. Yeah. So imagine, what do you want to call it? Yeah, okay. No, yeah. no, no, you need to pick it. Oh, that would have been great if the album was called Yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, that's way better. Is that not Lily Allen's? All right, still. That's Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then. Call it okay then. Okay then. I would love that. And then her in interviews be like, well, I was going to leave and be a mum, but then they offered me a load of money and I got to make the record I wanted. So, okay then. <laughs> she does a bit of a Gabrielle on the cover. She's like covering the one eye with yes. her hands. Well, Mystery. her face and her like, lovely hands or nails. She looks cool and sophisticated. So what did we think of the album? Big fan. Fresh. Big fan. Very de- Well, she's obviously decided... To very much go towards what her voice is very suited for. Much yeah. more of a soul vibe. Like a lot of references to Motown influences, jazz. And she does totally suit that. So I did not get this at the time. So I went back onto this for the podcast. I It missed me. I, I heard the singles. I didn't really like the second single. So I didn't really get into it. I had a, an impression before the album that it was going to be really samey. Right. But actually, I found it really diverse mm. and I really liked it. And I don't know whether I would have liked it at the time, but now there were lots of tracks. I was like, oh, I, lo- I found myself adding things to playlists, being like, yeah. oh, that, I want to hear that again. Same. I literally I really just did it. that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to add this to my playlist and yeah, listen to this one. Really yeah. liked that um, Breakdown Hotel or Breakdown Motel, whatever. Yes. That Strung Out was really nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it was. And I felt it had gravity, like had heart to it. Yeah. She was, and her voice is effortless. Like it really That's right. suits those sort of yeah. emotional Pregnant. songs. I wonder if, like I was listening to this and I was like, why wasn't this a bigger deal, this album? And was it because she was just, there was too many Amy Winehouse comparisons? Maybe. Let's, we'll get on to Amy in a second because she, yeah. she provides vocals yes. for B-Boy yeah. Baby. Yeah. I think there's a missed opportunity there. I think a lot of it is down to marketing and publicity. Right. I was yeah. aware of that song, but I didn't know that Mutia was on it. Well, yeah. we'll get to that in a sec then. Yeah. I don't think she would have been out doing all the interviews as much. Yeah. I don't think she would have been hounding it. Mm-hmm. And also, there are none of these sort of club bangers. Yeah. Big. I mean, I think Real Girl is Radio. I think Big Boy Baby would have been radio. I think there's lots of radio ready the songs on there. The Groove Amado track. Oh, of course. That's yeah. dance rip yeah. already. Oh, right. Let's do. We'll do those when we do singles. Yeah. Would you want the reviews first, or do you want a fun fact? Fun fact, then reviews, please. Fun fact: One of the tracks on the album is written by Amel Barabar. <laughs> what? Who would replace Mattia? Well, uh, apparently. Okay. So Detective Aaron got out his monocle and magnifying glass yeah. to look deep into this. I found a couple of news sources that were saying Amel had written on the album before the album had come out, I think, or as the album came out. I've heard a radio clip with the Sugar Babes where Amel is talking about it. Oh, I'd written on that song. That was a song that was considered for me. Right. Murtia did not know. And reportedly, she was furious. Oh! I like the idea that Amel did it on purpose. Right. Like, not 
to spite Mathieu, but because she really loved the song and like in the dead of night, she like a cloak over herself. She's running through the streets of London with a CD and she just posts it through Mathieu's door and her daughter picks it up and she's like, Mommy, listen! <laughs> and then Mathieu's like, this will be my hit single. <laughs> it's not quite how it happens. No. <laughs> um, I think it's a song that Amel was working on when she was a solo artist before the band. Yeah. And I think they also considered it as an option for the follow-up, which would have been Change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they it, they didn't, and Mutti didn't know. But I've looked through the credits, and I can't find Amel on it at all. Ooh. So unless she recorded and didn't write, yeah. or they didn't use any of her edits. Or she had a stage name, maybe? Yeah. I don't think she would have had a pen name. I, no. I don't know. That's something else I thought. Britain's Closer magazine, the source of real knowledge, says... Is that still good? No, I don't think so. Print media, babe. Yeah. Mutcher went mad. The track was offered to the Sugar Babes first, but they turned it down, so passed it on to Mutcher. She put the song on the album, then the record company had to break the bad news to her. Mutcher was fuming and wanted the track taken off. They wouldn't ditch the song, so they compromised by changing a male's name to a made-up one in the credits. Oh. I just don't know. I, I think believe. Yeah. it sounds good goss, doesn't it? Is it true? It's spun, isn't it? It could be, in fact, that could be true. But whether or not it was that dramatic, I don't know. It sounds more dramatic to us because we know how the, how the record industry works, of like how yeah. songs... And when we say songs, it could just be the backing track. Yeah. So you know like Beyonce's Crazy in Love? That beat, the da 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 had yeah. been circling studios yes. for years. Yeah. yeah. And before anyone wrote on it. But it wasn't like, it sounded like Crazy in Love. It's just yes. that, that sample. Yeah. This, I think, speaks a lot about the album. So she co-wrote on six of the 13 tracks, which for any other artist would be a triumph. Yes. If I saw Britney had written on six of 13 tracks, I would be doing cartwheels to <laughs> HMV. Can you imagine? Yeah. But the Mutcher we know is a talented, invested writer. Yes. I expect on an album, I would have thought, not expect, that's unfair, her to be mm. heavily invested. But knowing what we know about her personal situation, yeah. six was, is quite fast. She was busy. I feel like there is a feeling that she was maybe rushed to do her own solo stuff, to try and capitalise on the news of her leaving. Mm. You know, you they have wanted to do, while, yeah. while she's still kind of in the spotlight, they wanted to capitalise on that, as opposed to giving her some time to maybe sit, go away and really write more herself, if that's what she wants Although to do. Although sonically, it doesn't feel like that. Oh no, it, it doesn't. It feels like great that. when you listen to it. It's, it's great. Um, this is the least involved she is on an album. Although, of course, so there's only three tracks on One Touch that she's not listed Three on Angels, two on Three, and four on Taller. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we you know in hindsight, Keisha said, oh, sometimes we added Mitchell because she was involved, but not that actively. Yeah. So t- to our knowledge, this is the least involved she'd been. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'd love an album she's fully involved in, but that's why we wait for MKS. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Sugar Babes and now the Sugar Babes. AKA the Origi Babes. The Origi Babes. Sugar the album ba- Sugar Babies Sugar Mama Sugar Dada the album gets to number 10 hmm. which I think is decent it's decent yeah. yeah what Victoria Beckham wouldn't give I know number 4 on the R&B chart who knew we had one of those yeah. in the UK and it is certified gold yeah which is well, that's, so that's that. as, the same as the first album mm-hmm. the first Sugar Babes album yeah what Siobhan wouldn't give I know for a number 10 album going gold yeah 
Enemy were not fans. Oh. They called it Mariah Carey Neo Soul Octave Warbling R&B Dross. But tell us how you really feel. I know. Go all back. Well, Nick Levine at Digital Society was kind of on a similar level. Sadly, Real Girl isn't the album of attitude-packed pop strops that Buena's uncompromising past promises. But they do praise her aching vocals. General feeling is it's all a bit too much like Mariah, Mary J. Blige or Mariah. Mariah? I don't hear the some of the older Mariah stuff. Maybe I definitely I hear Mary J. Blige, although I wouldn't have thought of it. There were a few reviews that did Mary J. Blige, right? But Digital Spy do go on to say not a bad thing if you ask me, but hard to find your place in that Rihanna Amy Winehouse market, right? Yeah, which maybe yeah that does back up what we were seeing about why it wasn't more successful. Perhaps the market is has got a lot of that, so you think it would work, but I guess you need to be doing the big label pushing it. And I'm yeah. not so sure that they were so much after yeah. the first single. Yeah. The Guardian were very shady. She'd quite like to be compared to Mary J. Blige, but will settle for Jamelia. Oh. I mean, I'd be thrilled with that. Yeah. <laughs> you just call me Jamelia? <laughs> Thank you. So just a general feeling of so much promise, not quite realised. Oh. That's a shame. It's also a bit of a sad state of affairs that they feel they need to compare her to everyone. Why do we need to compare women against women? Why can't she just be yeah. a, a star in her own right? But I suppose it's art. Like, art is always compared to art. Yeah, it's true. Especially, like, yeah. music. And sometimes you have to compare something to get a cornerstone reference for people yeah. buying in. Oh, I like yeah. Amy Winehouse. I will like this. It's true. It's like when you listen to Spotify and it's like, you may also like, or... Yeah. If you listen to our podcast, <laughs> you may also like... I mean, extra there's... content on the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is saying that comparison is the thief of joy. Sometimes Ooh, that is the case. Put great. that on a fridge magnet, oh, Lauren. Yeah, it's a great scene. As in, like, you compare yourself too much to others, then it's it's going to kill kill your good vibes, good creativity, and your creativity. Yeah, oh, I'm worried because we're doing a lot of that in this podcast. <laughs> I know, but then at the same time, we're saying that's just how it is. Yeah, like you and also that the truth of the matter is is that music. Um, when created it doesn't exist in a vacuum people no. grow up listening to music they they have um, their influences so to act like every piece of art is created in its own world that's just a lie it's so. true well on that note the second single is incomparable to the first or any other it's a stone cold banger it is we get the groove armada collaboration an elaborately titled song for matia yeah open brackets out of control close brackets so cool to have a song named after you. Yeah. That isn't you. You know, that, just you. Well, do you want a fun pop fact? Yes. This song was not originally intended for Mutia. Oh. So Ooh. I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? So Mutia sang a song, song for Mel. Well, actually, there are rumours that this song is aimed at Amel. So it would oh. make sense for it to be called Song for Amel. Oh. Because you assume it's about a boy because it's all like, oh, bumping into someone and knowing that they're there. Yeah. But there was also a spin on it that it could be... Because she has said it's like seeing your ex with a new girl. Right. Seeing the babes yeah. yeah. You know, it's a surefire way to ruin my day. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you want to try and guess who it is was originally intended for? So it would give you a clue. It is a British singer. Male or female? Female. Bit... I feel like it's a few years before that, although her big hit would probably come around this time. Was it Beverly Knight? It's not, but you're in the right vein. Oh, okay. She was just out there 
looking for an American boy. Oh, oh Estelle. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I wonder kind of what happened to her. She... Oh, she's big in America. Uh, Estelle is a, we could do a what happened to Estelle. A part of that, I'm going to say, is racially aggravated. It's been said a right. lot of the time with her. Mm. I think Beverly Knight would say the same about her career. Well, it's, I think a lot of black creatives from Britain, and I speak of actors too, mm. they will often at a certain point go over to America because there's a lot more opportunities there for them. They feel a lot more stifled here. And it's really good that it's come just off that thing of comparison. Yeah. Because they often find themselves trying to be put into that box. Oh, oh, you're black. Well, can you be um like... Beyonce, yeah, or can you be um, yeah. like other successful, or can it, you be like Brandy, yeah. or can you, you know, that have come before rather than you just being able to exist in your own world? I think yeah. Beverly yes. Knight really felt that in her early career. Oh, can you be more pop, or can you be more R&B? Like, trying to find a groove mm. where she's allowed to be accepted, in. and yeah. it's that thing of. If, a, if it's a white, mostly controlled industry, who are like, oh, we only have space for this amount of um, people of colour. Sorry, mm-hmm. we, you know, there, there isn't enough room for you. So instead of seeing you as just your own artist. I mean, I know we're talking about here, what, we 2007? But this is, now is still relevant when you have, like, was it two years ago when Ella May went over to the US and had a huge hit single with Boot Up. She's a British artist that had been in a band on X Factor and had had lots of near opportunities. And her album, like a lot of the tracks had been released over here like years before and had nothing. And then she goes over in America and she's the biggest thing that summer. Yeah. It's tricky. I don't, three white people here are not going to solve it, but. No, but I think it's important to acknowledge for sure. Yeah. Well, back to Mutia. Guru Mamada said we need an iconic voice. And that's what this voice is, is the voice of a generation, that generation of female pop acts. The same way that Robbie Williams left Take That at the right time, she left Sugar Babes at the right time. Oh. They get a bit shady here. The Sugar Babes are a bit random for me now. Doesn't work anymore. She's one of those pop voices. When you mention her, people don't go, what are you working with her for? They go, she's cool. Mainly because she's scary. <laughs> so who said, who said that? It's Grubb Armada. <gasps> cool. Yeah. But they were very complimentary about working with her. Said, I thought she'd be a little monster. Mushi came into the studio and she was so nice. You forget how young she is. She's 21. So she has her little mobile phone and is on it to her little mates talking about getting the right colour of hair dye. And in the middle of this, you're trying to write a track. She has her own opinion and she can really sing. She's a good performer. 21. It is insane to think that she's making this decision to go solo after all of these albums. She's only 21. She's 21. She's released five albums. That's insane. Five top 10 albums? No, one touch didn't go top 10, did it? I'm sure I well, she had her kid at 19, so she probably was around 19, 20 when she left Sugar Babes. Yeah. That's, that's insane. insane. Well, I think this song still sounds so fresh. It does. I had it on the playlist for opening my aerial show like Do you know what isn't ago. fresh, yeah. though? The video. Do you not think? Just because there's old technology. Oh. So it's just a bit like, okay, this is dated. <laughs> so the video is filmed in Finsbury Park, because what does Michia love? London. London. <laughs> the Sugar Babes is so London, it's great. The song goes to number eight, listed as the song of the summer by The Guardian. I don't remember it being massive and everywhere at the time. I don't even feel it being on radio that much. I feel like I heard it in... I was actually going to clubs at the time. So we, we, were, we were working in America at the time. Oh, oh, yeah. So you were there with Estelle. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. The New York Times described it as glorious, a glorious chronicle of romantic misery. I love wow. that description. I, that should have been the name of her album. Nowadays, we have a lot more of that because we're like, oh yeah, you know, what do they call it? Sad bangers. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sad yeah, bangers, yeah. yeah. I love a sad banger. Oh, yeah. yeah, me too. I can't get enough of Song for Matia. It doesn't sit so well on the album. No. But then I can't, oh, I was going to say, maybe it would be nice if we'd have more of that. But then it's kind of cool that the album is that sort of same vibe yeah. and concept yeah, yeah, yeah. of what it is without having, oh, here's some hits. Yeah, honestly, like, I feel like it's an album that I could put on in the background. People are coming over for dinner. Like, it's a, you know, it's a nice vibe. Like, it's on Saturday? Yes, like, on Saturday, we'll put this album on and we'll have a lovely time. Yeah. Great. When Aaron turns 35. Uh, <laughs> out. Awkward. <laughs> Awkward turtle. So I don't talk about my birthday for many reasons. Um, and because we happen to be here recording when we are recording... It has been exposed. My lies have been exposed. He tried I, to um, pretend it wasn't happening, but we found out. Yeah. And now, because I've been, I try and hide my age so much, so now I think I'm older than I am. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm 26. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the top 10 album selling, which are bueno. Not that easy to get that. We would get two more singles from this album. So we get just a little bit in October 2007. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's a cover of the Liberty X. Is it actually, though? No, it's not going. Terrible. Oh, I like that song. <laughs> I know, but I don't think it's very much a Buena vibe. No. We've just talked about her. Here she's doing her soul jazz album. Yeah. And you want to come in with sexy, Imagine everything her about be you. Imagine making it, though, so with sexy. that vibe. It would be great. Well, you know what? I did love a cover. She did a B-side to... Was it on the title track? Where she... Did a cover of Naive by the Cooks. Oh, yeah. Oh. And I listened to it. So amazing. It's so good. I just sent it to my sisters because we loved that, you know, the Cooks at the time. And that was around the time when those, you know, indie bands were coming around. So on releasing the track, she does talk about chart success. She says, I think about it all too much. Coming out of a successful group like the Sugar Babes, you do want to do it as well or better. You see so many artists who's come out of bands nosedive and I think, I don't want that to be me. Siobhan. <laughs> Do you think that was her front shoes? Maybe a little. But you also see it with loads of others, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, sadly, it, this was not the single to do that. Uh, it didn't grab the interest of the public at all. Went to number 65 mm. in the UK singles chart. Ouch. But she is nominated for a MOBO in 2007 for Best British Newcomer, losing out to N-dubs. Oh, God. I suppose it's MOBO is... MOBOs are a, a, an odd award category for me. I'm never quite able to read that award body like what because sometimes they some of the awards are sometimes a bit like odd who well, they like nominated is that because of Fraser and the group like what what how do oh, it's they... music of black origin so it's it's it doesn't necessarily that need you are black it's that the music you are play it's so it's yeah. the black origin like r&b rap yeah hip-hop and um, that's what i meant yeah. when i say like sometimes i don't understand the mobos because they tend to be more the less like obviously commercially successful all the time. Yeah. But then sometimes they will reward someone that is very like talent show contest. It tends to be more genuine origins of things. Yeah. Like people tend to have had a less processed start. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I respect... end up are typically that. Yeah. I, I respect the awards because they are obviously trying to, and especially when they were created, they were trying to, you know, put that spotlight on, yeah. on categories and artists in music that normally weren't getting, you know, focus. So Yeah. It's definitely important to have it. Like Yeah. I just what I mean is that I just don't I can never guess who's gonna win a mobo. Yeah. She follows it too much later with the final single for the album on the fatitious day 
23rd of December, which will be two years after she left. Oh, wow. The aforementioned B-Boy Baby, which features vocals from Amy Winehouse. It's an interpolation of the Ronettes' Be My Baby. Yes. So her and Amy Winehouse were friends, apparently. They should hang mm-hmm. out and go drinking a bit. They seem see a good them, match. I, yeah, I could see them hanging out and having fun. How, how interesting that the two people she's done so songs with are both dead. You know, oh. and, they're, and they're young. You know, George Michael and Amy Winehouse. She's quite she a, gravitated towards that uh, kind of intense personality. Yeah. And it was also the style of music. Yeah. I wonder, if that's, I wonder if that's been a big kind of wake-up call to her. I mean, not, not that she had to have a wake-up call, but I wonder if that's been a bit of that oh fuck moment. Yeah, it definitely would have been a reality hitter. I just think it's weird with this song that Amy Winehouse isn't so involved in it. Like, she doesn't appear in the video. Mm. I think if you could have got a moment like that or, like, them doing a live performance, mm-hmm. I think that would have really increased because she's yeah. huge at this time i suppose yes. though i wonder what her mental state in the main house was probably yeah. wasn't at the heaviest part i of the doubt dance. it's her i doubt it's her, uh, it's amy that won't do it i imagine it's record label right because she's so big at that time oh, it's they too probably, big of the budget maybe yeah, yeah or they don't want they don't want to direct it away from their newcomer well their so money we, yeah so yeah. why would they help sell someone else's single Especially when she's probably at real risk of overexposure as well. A disappointing chart position. 73. I should have been bigger. But also the timing, 23rd of December. Are people buying this? Yeah, but sometimes they do these songs at that time of the year because there's less competition. So they can get a track out while there's fewer other, so you're more guaranteed of a number one. Perhaps. Victoria Beckham used to do it a lot. Right. Are you ready for the nostalgia of who she competes with? Yes, please. Bass Hunter, Now You're Gone. Now you're gone. These are the new singles this week. White Stripes, Conquest. Ooh. Robin, Be Mine. And Duffy, Rock Ferry. Oh, Duffy. Duffy. Oh, poor Duffy. So unfortunately, this all leads to her being dropped by the label in February 2008 for poor record sales. Which she would have known would be happening. Yeah, I'd say this is too soon. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about the poor record sales of One Touch and then the success of Angels of Dirty Faces you'd think they'd be a bit more invested in a second album. Do you think, because Real Girl was a cover, not a cover, but a, they sampled the track, is that right? Right. So do you think because Real Girl was the only one that really had the high chart success? Well, no, because B- B-Boy Baby would have been an interpolation as well, so it's the same thing as the song. No, but what I mean is the one that got the highest chart ranking oh. wasn't, you know, it wasn't her original sound, perhaps. Maybe. But the album went gold. Mm. Yeah, but but it's maybe that she wouldn't tour. Maybe she wouldn't tour. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how it works at this time, and I don't know how record labels make money. And again, it's that whole we're still in that era with downloads and physical sales. And did she? She did. Maybe she didn't want to do another album. Maybe that's true. Weirdly, in March two thousand and eight, it's a month after she's been dropped. The George Michael single gets a US release. Oh, How odd yeah. timing is that? And it goes to number eight on the Billboard dance chart. Oh. The dance, dance chart. chart. Is that a thing? I know. Whoop. Anyway. So in January 2009, we get reality TV, babe. She goes into Celebrity Big Brother 6. Not much of a gap, I don't know. This is the first one of these we've had on this series, a Celebrity yeah. Big Brother. Yeah. We haven't had it from any other on Pot of the Pop, so mm. Good I am excited. This was huge. I mean, Celebrity Big Brother at this point was bigger than the actual Big Brother. Yeah, I know. I wasn't interested in watching this. Yeah. So she does go in. I watched the best bits to remind myself. She made Ulrika Johnson drink fat. 
I totally <laughs> sympathised with her. She had to drink the fat from the beef. Oh. I remember me and Lizzie watching that being like, oh my God. She's in there with Ben from A1. My mate Michelle Heaton from Liberty X. Wow. Probably talking about that uh, just a little bit cover. <laughs> She's in with Latoya Jackson. Oh my God, what a selection of people. So, oh. some highlights. She failed a task by not making it to the Chesney Hawk statue in time. And she did a dance on Giant Piano with Latoya Jackson. Amazing. But the main star of the entire series has got to be Mucha Buena's eyebrows. Yes. Can I play you the VT for her entrance? Because we are at peak rip your eyebrows off your face. Yes. Why were we doing this to women? <laughs> Mucha Buena <laughs> has fully invested in this trend oh, as man. every other woman had in 2009. Oh, man. Let me show you the VT because it's cute and the eyebrows are before fleek. Fleek. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Matilda. I used to be in a girl group known as Sugar Babes. We had some hits and, you know, we travelled the world and you know, it was great fun. There's a lot of rumours that we didn't get along. As three girls, being together 24-7, you have to expect you know, a bit of bickering and you're not going to be in the best of moods every day of your life. I don't think the press really looked on the positive side of anything. You know, they never looked of how talented maybe I was. It's always about how my personality was or what kind of person I was. I think as soon as I had my daughter, I kind of realised what was more important. That was a blast from the past. Those eyebrows. Crimes against eyebrows. <laughs> but we were all doing it. Well, I, I wasn't. But yeah. I wasn't either. Everyone's but eyebrows were like that. A lot of people that. were, yeah. yeah. But looking back on it now, you're like, oof, jeez. Mm. I love how laid back she is. She's like, casually like, yeah, I was in a girl band. We had some hits. <laughs> we had some <laughs> hits. Mostly, you were in a girl band. You released four albums. You had huge hits and you traveled the world. She's like... Yeah. yeah, I guess we did this thing where we were like one of the best selling girl bands of all time. I imagine. Yeah. I love her telling her dog to get the fucking size. <laughs> <laughs> Such mum vibes coming yeah, from her. Totally. And she has all these dogs and her adorable kids, and they don't... seem to have a nice house. I was just like, oh, good for you. It's total casualness, isn't it? Yeah. Love it. She's also just like, oh, I don't know how people will take me. Oh, well, don't care. Because like, they've said everything they can say about her already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she did not enjoy it. On day 15, she walked just after surviving eviction because she just desperately wanted to go home and be with her kids. Like, she just didn't... Yeah. She just didn't want to be there. So she did two weeks, which after quarantine, I can totally relate to, actually. <laughs> um, weren't we all desperate to get out of the house by then? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. does make the story of leaving the sugar babes all more plausible, though, doesn't it? If she can't do two weeks away from her family... Of course, she was going to be struggling with touring and promoting yeah. in a band. Yeah. Do you know an interesting fact about it for Big Brother? Oh, please. I'm sure you will know him. No, I won't. So she was the last celebrity to walk from Big Brother in 2009 until 2014. Wow. So she had a re of... Of being the one to, to run out. But I like the way she came back for her interview. And she just did it in jeans and a big white parka. I love that. <laughs> she just does not give a shit. No fucks, Kevin. So we do get some other sort of track features around this time. I'm not going to spend too much time going into other than to say 
she's on the babe train of releasing bits of music. Like, she never really fully dips away, even though she's not doing albums. Yeah, she's doing bits. So she's on a Donny track called Time Is Now. She's on Agent X Is Falling, Tarmac's Give Back. She just does bits. Yeah. And then then in 2010, she contributes six tracks to the Sound of Camden album. Why? Because Mucha loves London. Yes. <laughs> uh, the album deals with Camden Town Market in London and has been available for purchase at the market itself and online. Oh, I think it's also the impression you get is that she's somebody who, she actually gets on with people and people like her. As she may say, some people might think she's a bitch, but she's opinionated, she's talented, and people want to work with her. Well, it's interesting you say that because it's around this time that she announces she's done with music. Right. And she's going to train as a child psychologist. <laughs> I did read this. I think maybe she'd had a conversation with the big brother psychologist, Judy James. You Possibly. know, the monkey woman? Yeah. That compares everything to ape behaviour. Yeah. I love her. She's the yeah. reason why I did psychology. I think I may have referenced her in my dissertation. <laughs> wow. Probably why I got a tutu. Um, <laughs> I, I used to love when they did the big brother, big brain. Like, they only did it for, like, yeah. a couple of seasons. I enjoyed it. It was back when they were saying Big Brother is still a psychological experiment. Yeah. Which, clearly, it's not. Well, Mucci's not very good at giving up music at all. Because in Jan- in that January, she releases a collaboration with Corey from Damage called Be Okay. She also does a collaboration with DJ Paul Morell, who's kind of a big deal in the Midlands. Does a lot of the big gay nights. Which is probably what led to her performing at Birmingham Gay Pride in wow. 2011. Wow. Yes, I was there. I was going to say, you were <laughs> there, weren't you? So, I think that was maybe the first year when I was the prize angel. Which is a role I don't really know how I ended up with. Right. So, I used to work for a nightclub in Birmingham. And I used to work Pride, which is the busiest weekend of the year. I never worked on the bar. I remember turning up for work and they were like, oh, Aaron, go put on this massive pair of wings. They were like full on boned wings. Like, oh my God, they killed my back. And this tiny pair of shorts. And I can't even remember what my job, I think I just wandered around handing out flyers telling people to come to the club to see Mucha. Yeah. And then I would have been at the front of that um, stage to see Mucha in giant wings. I wow. feel bad for anyone that was behind me. So did you see her perform? Yeah, but I was very drunk. Oh. So no, no. So I was shouting, "You're my favourite babe." After Heidi, Keisha, Siobhan, probably. You're probably shouting, "Why are you so cold?" <laughs> well, I bet, a, you know what? I bet if you're wearing those big fuck off wings, I bet she remembers you. Oh no! Oh, let's hope not. If you're listening, it was my twin. <laughs> well, of all the babes, Mutcher is the one that's pretty consistently performing live whether it's pride gigs or one-offs in clubs yeah she's been serving the vocals she's yeah. looked after her voice and the gays are happy to support it she goes on to release another three songs that year uh, my love for la and shied boss she's constantly like dripping stuff out i yeah. don't know under what labels with that it was too difficult to find but then obviously she goes into working on the MKS situation. Yeah. So effectively she never really left music. It's like she wanted to, she thought about it, she dabbled in it, but then she can stay away. Yeah, and even That's last how year. she describes it actually. She ah. says, I just kind of have this love hate relationship with music. Like I'm always listening to it, but sometimes I want to make it, sometimes I don't. Yeah. I think a lot of creative people can relate to that. Oh, totally. Can we talk body? So in 2013, Mucha has her butt implants removed. Good for her. So in 2010, she has them done. She pays £5,000 and Buena told Heat magazine of her bottom implants. I just wanted it a bit perkier. It's not that there was anything wrong with it. It's just a change. I like to be extreme. 
describing the procedure, she added, it's like an insertion just at the top of your hole. Ooh. <laughs> they work out what... That's, that's literally a quote I've copied. I've never read that till then. And now I'm... Because I just read it. I was like, that can't be right. Yeah, what Okay. <laughs> I... Okay. Don't want to know. My butt is clenching just thinking. Um, Why did you just do your clenching exercise? <laughs> you have an arsey peach. Thank arse. you. <laughs> Peachy arse. <laughs> Join our sugar Patreon for Aaron's butt workout. <laughs> well, they work... It's sorry, she says they work out what size is best for your figure, your height and stuff. Exactly the same as breast implants. I've had them done. I'm now an E-cup. Wow. I wonder if a part of this is a job. You know, like you get paid Instagram ads now. Right. I wonder if she had it done free and got paid a it's sum. Because maybe. it does say she's had it done at the private street of Harley. So, and it's in Heat magazine. Yeah. And then the removal, there is another interview on the private street of Harley where she has them removed. So I'm, I'm not saying she... I, I don't know. That's just... I wonder yeah. if a part of it's that. I think she would have wanted it done anyway. Yeah. Because she's very into, like, body modification, isn't it? She's yeah. got a lot of tattoos. She has a lot of piercings. She'll be done a bit of work. I think she's... Suspect she's done things to her face, but that could have just been ageing over time and, like, fillers can really change. And as can yeah. makeup has changed a lot. Yeah. I mean, just the eyebrows alone would change her <laughs> face. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But she doesn't really say anything bad about them as they come out. She says it was a long time coming and that a weight has been lifted. I mean, literally. To literally out your butt. Yeah. It, but it did make me a bit, ooh, like, you know, because she's done all that. Like, how comfortable is she in herself? And how mm. much of that is the press and growing up in the public eye from a young age? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, come on, darling, smile. I mean, that They're was so kind of around the Nicki Minaj era as well. Yeah. You know, she's obviously had a lot of work done, but just the kind of emphasis on, on, on the art. Having the booty. Yeah. It's just so fatty, isn't it? Like, a lot mm. of the time with these Instagram, you see so much non-realistic what people look like on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And now what they're talking about with it is that people have an extra body dysmorphia where they can never, because of all the filters where you look your absolute best in a photo people will never look like their own best self. No. Whereas it's sad. When we it's were a kids, manufactured self. It yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. And when were we kids listening to One Touch? Like the only time you saw yourself in a picture was when you had one of those disposable cameras. Yes. And you wouldn't see what it looked like until three weeks later. So you couldn't like adjust and work out what you looked like. It just was no. a different yeah. era. It was you would take it and then move on. That was it. Right? Yeah. You normally had a finger over the lens anyway. The only other thing I can really find her doing in 2017 is setting up a music agency called Colour of Music. That's Detective Aaron's a... monocle and magnifying glass yeah. could find nothing. Oh. I found a Twitter account with eight followers. No website. I'm gonna guess this is probably just one of those things an HC to book herself and to release stuff. Or maybe it's a little MKS mystery. I believe it has disbanded now, but I, I couldn't verify it. The same as you, I couldn't 100% verify mm, that. I believe it is Netflix Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> Just doing that. I'm going to now go into talking about reality TV. Unless, Karen, you just geared your shoulders up then like you had a big <laughs> I've got secret. I've got two two facts that are probably... I don't, I don't have exact dates, but it's around this era. Well, one's definitely not. It's from my childhood. But I kind of thought I'd just throw them out there. Let's get a fact in. Okay, let's do childhood first. So, age six, Mutia appeared on My Kind of People with Michael Barrymore. Oh, oh. I remember that. So, well, you remember 
What? You remember what? Her <laughs> I remember. I oh, I remember. I was like, wow. Of course, it's just clear. Now, I remember the show. Wasn't it like yeah. people with different kinds of talent It was all about singing, I think, wasn't was it? Was it? Right. I, I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, so that's quite a fun fact. Wow. My other fun fact, which I found in a tabloid newspaper, so I guess it's is allegedly, but there was an interview exclusively with her father in it. Do you, have you heard about this? So mm. apparently uh, bailiffs came to seize Mutia's car and her dad used a samurai sword. Stop so, it. So the police were called. He was placed in jail for, I think, up to a day maybe. Oh. But it is an exclusive interview with her father. So oh, my God. I presume there is an element of truth there. Oh, my God, that's insane. So there you go. Um, and he also talks in it about um, her not being able to manage money. So, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what's happened there, but there's definitely been some sort of violence there in the family. Well, no, not definitely violence there, but that is hilarious that he... (laughs) That is funny. Got to protect your daughter, right? Well, exactly. So... Reality TV, babe. She's done quite a lot of reality TV. She's yeah. she's going out to make that coin. Pays the bills. that car. Buying yeah. samurai swords. She appears in an episode of To Two of Us. Have you heard of this? So the concept of this show is to make sure people can make money outside of Geordie Shaw. Uh, <laughs> no, Charlotte Crosby's just chucked a TV show format by MTV. So basically, couples, friends, or family members design each other a tattoo, but don't reveal it until after it's been done and inked onto the body. Imagine Whoa. don't tell the bride without a lifeline. This is conscious. I feel like this could go dramatically wrong. And most times it does, especially when it's two lads lads oh, that are awful. just trying to screw each other over. Oh my God. Well, Muchi goes on with her friend Vaz. He gives her one of the pictures that is one of those pictures that's like something upside down, that's something different when you look at it the other way up. Right. So okay. one way it's an old man and the other way it's a princess. Okay. And the okay. meaning being... He thinks she's underconfident and should see her beautiful self, not what she thinks people perceive. So it's to remind her. So I think the way she can see it is like a princess and a crown. And she should always remember it's a princess no matter what other people see. The ugly crown. That's lovely. Yeah, she got lucky. Some people got penises and dog poo. Oh, God. And she gives him a tattoo of his own face. But with lots, it's quite thought out. It's like got lots of different qualities of himself and his brain, you know, like creative, yeah, kind, yeah, loyal. Okay. okay. <laughs> Slaps a little bit of that time my mum bought me a cushion with my own face on. <laughs> I'd bu- I'd asked for these Binge's design cushions. It's this website and they had like Kathy Burke cushions with hers, Linda and Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Yeah. <clears throat> she didn't want to pay the postage. So she went to Boots and got a picture of my own face printed on a cushion. Oh no. Which is a really thoughtful gift. Thank you, mum. <laughs> not what I wanted. Will your mum listen to this? Let's hope not. Come on, like, we're what? Eight hours into the sugar babes at this point? She will have tried. She will have not survived. (laughs) In 2018, she does series five of Celebs Go Dating. Do you know how many series of Celebs Go Dating there have been? Erin, I don't watch shite TV, remember? Well, that is why I'm telling (laughs) you. Once upon a time we did, but Yeah. 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 There have been eight Celebs Go Dating series okay. in four years. Oh, wow. Whoa. Celebs need to go date. <sighs> They're really churning the shit out, aren't they? Let's not, because I wouldn't turn it down. So, <laughs> well, I just wish they had more varied celebrities, because what it does tend to be mm. is 
people who've just come off of a dating reality show yeah. then going to celebs go dating. So it does feel a bit like the beast is eating itself. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you ask, like, when you see someone like Mucha Brenner, I'm like genuinely excited. I'm like, oh, because that is a celeb I'd like to get to know more about. Whereas yeah. Olivia Atwood, mm. you know, when they go on and they're like, I want people to know the real me. I'm like, why? What did I do wrong? Yeah. Why do I have to get to know the real you? <laughs> I just think we should have more varied celebs in there. Like, why are people not asking members of the 411 to go on this? Good question. I maybe this is maybe this is the break Estelle needs. Do you know? Yeah. But wait, it, you, these people do need to be single. So there oh. is, yeah. Oh, God, do they? Oh. You can go dating when you're married. <laughs> That's swingers? I do not support that Poly- Polyamory. <laughs> Aaron does not support this message. There is a controversy. So what happens, they go on various dates throughout the series and you're kind of meant to try and get to one person by the end, but lots of other things right, go on. Right. And you take one person to the final, except for Mutia. Because the guy she chose, she takes on a second date on a holiday to Crete, but Channel 4 decided not to air the episode due to domestic abuse allegations. What? Wait, wait, sorry, on, on the, the programme? Or do you mean No, previous? in the past, yeah, previous, not to her, sorry. Oh, uh, so the male, um, sorry? The yeah, male, right. yeah. No, not her, yeah. Oh, right. I was getting the impression that there'd been, like, Not between incident. them, just there's a previous, someone reported a previous incident. I see, happened. I see, I see. She was still got paid, though, right? Yes, she's fine. Don't but worry about much. they didn't give her that publicity. She probably didn't. Well, she was on the whole series, just the last oh, episode is weird. Do you want his statement? Yeah. Sure. Delivered through Instagram, which is, of course, what all lawyers would say is the best yeah, place fashion. to put your brief. That's yeah. what Jerry's lawyer would say. Yeah. The reason behind me being taken off is due to a fabricated situation in which I was spitefully accused of being violent towards the mother of my child and the police being involved. Something which I've already been cleared of, which is why I'm confused about all of this. SMH. SMH, I don't know what that means. So much hate. Oh, I thought it was like shut my hole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do, I don't do this. I think it's so much hate. I think I'm, it is. I'm sure it yeah, is, yeah. but... Or we shake my head. No. Shake my head. Shut Pretty my heart. Sure I'm so shut hate. my home. So much hate. So much hate. I'm just a young black man trying to make things happen, and I'm just so disappointed in at E4grams for allowing these ludicrous allegations hinder my forward motion in the TV world. Babe, I don't know the situation. Domestic abuse is terrible. I think it should always be looked at properly and given the right space, but ludicrous allegations to hinder my forward motion in the TV world. Oh, come on. Get mate. a talent. Don't date mucha also, to get forward in the TV really world. it would have been really nice to put a, a, a statement as, a, just also about actual domestic violence, um, you know, people, perpetrators, or, right. you know, not to make it about him and his career. What are you more worried about? The domestic abuse in your child or the forward motion of your TV world career? Yeah. It's some, so, reading between the lines, that guy's an arsehole. So is that guy a normal non-celebrity? Yeah, well, yeah, celeb wannabe and he's trying to get on Love okay. Island and that. That's okay. what he means by his forward motion. Sure. And that's pretty much much up until now. Obviously, we have MKS to go through, which she's obviously a third of. Mm-hmm. So if we were going to give her a babe name, where would we go? Soulful? Ooh. Oh. I was going to say diverse, as in everything she's done afterwards. She's done singing, she's done... Oh, yeah. Isn't that diverse? It's not like, you know, she's selling breast implants on but can, Well, TV. I mean, compared to the other babes, though, I mean... Maybe. She once done the soul singing, but she's not done the reality. So. I'd quite like to call her, yeah, all right then, babe. <laughs> I like As soul she goes, yeah, all right. <laughs> so for art, I'm trying to think of one word to sum up, like, her attitudes, you know, like, to just... Oh, yeah, because she has got that, like, Blasey. Vibe. Not nah, she has. She does care about things. But she's cool. She's self-respect, babe. 
Jeffrey's baby. Mm, at times, sure. Yeah. Maybe. Well, if you've got any better babe names for Mutia, do let us know across all of our platforms at Pod of the Pops. Or drop us a little email. Oh, maybe An email? To... Where are we? Are we in 1999? How about email my heart? How... <laughs> How about you drop us a briefing dossier on Instagram, <laughs> which is obviously where you go for all your legalese briefs. But better still, come see us on Patreon. Yeah, join our sugar Patreon and be our sugar mamas and daddies. We will be back with the next episode looking at Amel joining the group and looking at her solo career. Keep it sugar. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by three friends who love pop music. What we love more is reaching as many people as possible. So if you've enjoyed this, please share this either with people directly or through your socials. If this hasn't been enough for you, well, lucky day, there is more content on our social medias at Pod of the Pops, or you can be one of our lucky exclusive fans that joins our Sugar Patreon, where we have exclusive content, including video reviews, there's some stand-up on there, there's all sorts. If there's anything you want to get in touch with us about and you want to let us know anything you more of then just let us know on any of our socials at pod of the pops all of the details for all of this are also available on our website www.podofthepops.co.uk we love you so much for listening pod of the pops was written by Aaron twitchin and produced with lauren cameron and karen gibb thank you to our patreons for making this podcast possible love you and see you next time